of you like to laugh? Can I see your hands? You know, the joy of the Lord is our strength. I didn't have anything to share, uh, any joke or anything, but when I came in, thanks to Sue Loman, she had this laying on my desk, and it's kind of cute. A man was robbing a house, and while he was trying to steal the stereo, he heard a voice say, Jesus is watching you. Startled, he turned around with his flashlight, shined it through the room that he was in, and found a bird uh, in a cage with a parakeet. And I said to the bird, did you do that? Did you say that? And the bird answered, yep. And the man said to the bird, what's your name? And the bird answered, Moses. And the man asked the bird, who in the right mind would name a parrot Moses? And the bird answered, the same people who would name a 150-pound Rottweiler Jesus. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, let's make our confession. The Word of God is so truth. And I, oh, we're going to, here we go. I am here on purpose because I have a purpose. My heart is open. My mind is ready to receive because God is not finished with me yet. My best days are right in front of me. I have victory in my life because Jesus lives in me. Now we can go to the old one, the oldie but the goodie. I'm locked in the 50s anyway. The Word of God is truth. If I live the Word, I will be blessed. If I don't, I won't. It's just that simple. Isn't that the truth? Let's give the Lord a hand. Good to see all of you in the house of the Lord. You can be seated. Glad that you are all here. Good to see Todd Marshall with us today. Todd, glad that you are here. If you have your Bibles, we're going to start in the book of Matthew chapter, uh, chapter 6. But I uh, encourage all of you to be here tonight. We're going to have a great time. Last Wednesday was a uh, last Sunday. Uh, <laughs> last Sunday was uh, last Wednesday was an interesting day too. But last Sunday was a very interesting day, and I uh, thank God for my uh, beautiful wife being with me all the way through, and Brenda and Dan and many many others and Pam Evie. But uh, I I don't know what happened in my body. Uh, we've got a lot of different uh, conjecture what it might be. Some said it was the pump, but it wasn't the pump that I was using in that first service because I went back there and beat the heck out of that pump Saturday. And I was doing a really good job pumping that pump, so it was not that pump. But for whatever reason, in between the services, or at the very end of the first service, something started going wacko in my body, and I could feel it, and I, I didn't know what it was, and went back there and Pam Evie alerted my wife, and my wife came back, and she said, hey, what's going on here? And I said, I have no idea. Well, to make a long story short, I ended up in an ambulance in the hospital. Uh, not at the ambulance in the hospital. The ambulance took me to the hospital. And, uh, and, and so they're going through all these tests, and, and this guy said, this, uh, I really like the guy, the, the, the doctor. He said, you're having a heart attack. And I said, really? And he said, yeah. And I said, are you sure? And he said, 99%. And I said, well, you're not sure. Uh, you know, 99% is not sure. And so I'm going to grab on the 1%. How many of you realize that we walk by faith and not by sight? 
Before I knew the Lord, I really believed, I used to belong to an optimist club. And, and, and I believe it really fits right in with faith, although optimism is not faith. Faith is the Word of God. But, but you take every circumstance and you look for the positive. What, what is the positive? I'm having a heart attack. Okay, that sounds like a pretty negative report. Are you sure? No, I'm only 99% sure. An optimist is going to look for the 1%, not going to look for the 99%. And a person walking by faith and not by sight is going to believe that one of two things is going to happen. Either I'm having a heart attack and God is going to heal it and I'm going to walk through it, or I'm not having a heart attack. I would prefer to have the optimistic attitude that God could just cancel everything out and say, I'm not having a heart attack and go that route. Well, to make a long story short, over a period of a day, when they dismissed, they didn't dismiss me. They took me. They, they ran three EKGs. Every single one of them indicated that whatever it indicates that you're having a heart attack, some kind of enzyme test, the cat test, all that kind of stuff. Didn't have any cats, you know, all those things that they do. And you, what do you call that? A catheterization. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that's the thing that I don't like. Hey, yeah, that, but, but anyway, uh, all of it indicated I was having a heart attack. But when they got done uh, and they put me in the room, the last thing I heard was I had a heart attack. The next morning they came up and said, you're not having a heart attack. I said, well, what happened? I know you guys, I didn't say this to them, but I know you guys are professional. I know you know what you're doing. How do you go from having a heart attack to not having a heart attack? They said, we don't know. We don't know. It could have been a muscle spasm. It could have been something else. I don't know what it was, and neither are they, or do they. I have this category called, it's just one of those things. Everybody say, it's just one of those things. I have no problem just saying, it's just one of those things, and we're going to move on, and it doesn't matter. I don't have to think about it, and fret about it, and worry about it, and be concerned about it. I know I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus, and he's no respecter of persons. So turn to your neighbor and tell him, I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. But I still would like to know, <laughs> did I have a heart attack, and was there a miracle that God got rid of it immediately? Because there are miracles coming out every day. A lot of people just put it on, I'm not sure what that meant. I'm not sure what happened. It's just one of those things. Maybe one of those things was a miracle from God. Or maybe there wasn't a heart attack. I, I have no idea what it was. All I know is I thank God I'm standing before you. I thank you for your prayers, and I'm not going to go there again in Jesus' name. Can we all say amen? amen. Now, the way, yeah, give the Lord a hand, because I thank God. I saw Pam Evie. I was taking my mother-in-law to get her hair done Saturday, and Pam Evie was there with her mom. She, and and, and she, either Pam or Phyllis said, are you mad at us? Well, Pam, probably because Pam ran and got my wife and said, something's wrong with your husband. I'm not mad at all. I'm very grateful for what you did because I'm not sure what really was happening. But I thank God for all of you and for your prayers. And the word of the Lord today is that we, we have a, an enemy that is sworn to kill us, and it is his assignment, and it is the devil. But he has been defeated, he has been disarmed, he has no power and no authority in our life. But we do have an enemy. Everybody say, I have an enemy. Now let's say, but he has no power. He has no authority, has no dominion. As a matter of fact, we have power, we have authority, and we have dominion on this earth through the blood of Jesus. Danny Jones, good to see you, buddy. Danny is fighting the fight of faith, and he has won the fight of faith in Jesus' name. And so what we do 
as we understand what we have, we are not going to accept anything from the devil. Now, the word of the Lord today is that worry and anxiety are your spiritual enemies. Worry and anxiety are your spiritual enemies. And they stand at the door trying to open the door to your mind so that the power of the devil can come in and torment you with full-blown fear and all of the things that come along with that. But if you will never allow worry to get a hold of you, never allow anxiety to get a hold of you, then you're going to walk with the fullness and the power of God in your life. If you can picture, I thought about using an illustrated sermon today, but I didn't have time to do it, about having this door up here. And this door is right by your mind. And if you will open this door or allow this door to be open, the devil is right there ready to walk through it and torment your mind. But if you keep that door closed and say, I, I will not worry and I will be anxious about absolutely nothing. If you live your life that way, then you will never have the torment of fear in your life from the devil. There are a lot of people today trying to be medicated for a spiritual condition. You get right spiritually, you're going to be okay. Now, if you're here and you take medication, or you know somebody that does... Don't go tell them they don't need their medication. But I'm telling you, there are a lot of people who have turned to medication and they need to turn to Jesus. Can you say amen to that? Turn to your neighbor just tell them, we just need to turn to Jesus. Now, if we get this and we get this in our spirit, we're going to understand what the Word of God says. I want to give you this example. And, well, the scripture is Matthew 6.25. And uh, I'm not going to go through the entire scripture of Matthew chapter 6. But he talks several times about don't worry about anything. And in, and in Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, uh, Jesus says, don't worry about anything. Don't worry about what you're going to wear. Don't worry about what you're going to eat. Just don't worry about anything. Well, if Jesus said that we shouldn't worry about anything, guess what? We shouldn't worry about anything. And if you understand that the entrance of the enemy into your life and into your mind is through that worry. It's like, uh, you know, flies are, are pictured in, in, the, in the Bible as really bad things. Uh, the Beelzebub and all those kind of things about the Lord of the flies and, and what have you. But I'll never forget this. I had this example when I was praying last night. If you understand that when worry comes around, you can't be protected from worry uh, by, by hiding from it. Turn to your neighbor and say, you can't be protected from it. What worry comes to all of us. You just get rid of it. When you feel it come, you just get rid of it. And you say, I'm not going to worry about anything. I'll never worry about anything. And if you understand how dangerous worry is and how it leads to anxiety, then you would refuse to allow your mind to go there. And that's what Jesus is saying. Don't worry about anything. Everything is going to be taken care of by your Father. Just seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all of the things you have need of will be there for you. So we don't worry about anything. <clears throat> I kept getting this picture. I have this thing about flies. My wife would, will tell you this. If we're out cooking on the grill, if I've got anything uncovered, I've got a plate on top of a plate. If I bring food in the house, I have a plate on top of a plate. Uh, anything that is there, I have it. Because now we don't have a lot of flies, but every once in a while I'll see a fly. I'll never forget in Marine Corps boot camp, they were showing us 
the danger of flies. Now, you would think that you go into the armed forces, there's something they're going to show you a whole lot more important than the danger of flies. But they showed us what flies do when they land on food. Now, I won't go into detail, because some of you are going to go out and eat right after church here. But, but if, you, if you ever saw this video, and, and it, I don't even know how they did it, but it's such a magnified thing of what a fly does every time he goes and lands on food. Well, you can use your imagination what a fly does every time he goes and lands on food. And then the next thing you do is you go to take a bite of that food. So it's very dangerous. Flies are very dangerous. And you've got to keep them away from food. Are they going to kill you? Probably not, but they can make you feel awfully bad. Worry is in that category. It can make you feel awfully bad. Can worry kill you? Probably not, but it can lead you to fear, and fear can kill you. Can anxiety kill you? Possibly not, but it can lead you to fear, and that can take care of it. So if the Word of God says that we should be anxious for nothing, fearful of nothing, and that we shouldn't worry, then guess what? We should not worry. So let's say, I should not worry. Now, I want to give you the word wealth here uh, in my Bible regarding worry. The word suggests a distraction and a preoccupation with things that cause anxiety, stress, and pressure. And then it goes on to say, God knows that those things are bad for you. Therefore, that's why he tells us so many times, especially through Jesus, don't worry about anything. And I fought that fight of worry up there in that hospital. I'm up there and they're telling me I'm having a heart attack. Now I know this sounds awfully, uh, I don't know what it sounds like. At At that moment, I wasn't sure what was going on. All I know is I had this thought after everybody left. Well, if this is a heart attack... It's not as bad as I thought it would be. (laughs) Well, if you find out later on it wasn't a heart attack, duh, I guess not. But, but, and I'm not making light of that because I know that there are people that, you know, they have a heart attack and it's a serious situation. But a lot of the remedy to what we have in our life is to get rid of the fear and the worry and the concern. And I was fighting the fight up there not to worry about what, and believe it or not, I know this sounds like I'm talking about myself, but I wasn't worried about myself because I was thinking, if I die, I'm going to wake up with Jesus, I'm okay. My worry or concern that I was fighting was, is Pam going to be okay? Uh, I know what happens to her already with separation anxiety, so I don't know. (laughs) Now, I want to give you a definition here, a couple of definitions, because it's so important. Uh, Webster defines uh, worry and anxiety like this. It's a mental distress and an agitation. How many of you know what, how many of you know that there are times you experience this in your life? I experience this in my life. Your, your, your mind is agitated. It's like that little, uh, uh, what do you call it? What do you call it on a washing machine? Don't you call it an agitator? Yeah, it's an agitator. That thing on the washing machine, it, it, it agitates. It's it, it, it causing conflict. This thing is causing turbulence. And, and what happens then is we get that in our mind. And if we don't understand that, we have the victory over it, but we will succumb to it. Mental distress and agitation, overly concerned, anxious, and fretful. Now, in the Greek, which is what Jesus is talking to us, it says the merimno, which is the root word for anxiety, and worry. It means to be anxious, to be distracted, to be worried, to be drawn in an opposite and opposing direction, to be divided, to be distracted, to be overly concerned, to fear, to be anxious, and eventually to become afraid. Now, all of us, this is what the devil wants to do. What I said earlier, 
you can't be protected from things that cause worry and anxiety to come against you. But as a matter of fact, you don't need to be protected. You need to be exposed to it. Thank you for that overwhelming silence in here today. Is this place silent today or is this silent? It really is. Glory to God. It's the job of the worship leader to make sure that this doesn't happen. <laughs> so shake yourself and say, wake up. Stand up. Matter of fact, let's all stand up real quick. Glory to God. Let's say it. The joy of the Lord is my strength. I'm going to get my head in gear. I'm going to get my mind in gear. I'm going to get my spirit in gear. And I'm going to enter in and not let him do it all by himself. Now sit down and act up, okay? Glory to God. Now, so what we do is we get excited about the things of God. So a lot of times we try to hide somebody from worry and anxiety. No, you don't need to be hidden from it. You need to be exposed to it. You need to be inoculated by it. Say, I have faced the test, I have passed the test, because of Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I will not worry about anything. I will not be anxious, because Jesus gave his life, so I wouldn't have to be. Can you say amen to that? Amen. <clears throat> so therefore, we get fired up about the things of God, and we realize God has given me the victory. I want to give you a couple of stories here in the time that we have. But uh, there, there's a friend of ours, it's actually, well, I just said it was a friend of ours, and this person, uh, some of you will know who I'm talking about, but this person used to be a milkman, and he absolutely enjoyed his life. And he told me the story just before he died that he and his son, uh, sometimes his son would go with them on the milk route, and they'd look at the planes flying over, and, uh, and they'd say, where, 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 where do you think those planes are flying? And one of them would say, hey, I think they're going to Florida. And the dad would say, someday we're going to Florida. They never had money. They were raised during the Depression, the father. And he never had money, but he had this milk route. But he always wanted to have money. And, but, but it's my understanding, and I didn't know him back then, but it was my understanding back then that, then that he was just a wonderful, wonderful, happy, wonderful guy to be around. Just one of those favorite type of guys. And then he hit it big in business. He, he ventured out and he started into a business, and he, and he hit it big in business. And the business began to grow and to grow and to grow, and he became a multimillionaire. A guy right here in Lafayette. And he became a multimillionaire. And then his life began to change because of all of the wealth that he started to accumulate and all of the things that he started to have, he started to worry and be concerned that he was going to lose what he had. Can you see the story building right now? And he started to be anxious and he started to be concerned. And then his life began to change and he became fearful and he became a different personality and his characteristics changed. I believe that a lot of people, as they get older, their characteristics change because they're not founded on the Word of God, but they're founded upon what they can live in their life versus the spiritual flow of Jesus in their life. And then they become fearful. Well, what if this happens? Well, what if this happens? His concern was always that somebody was going to take his money. His concern was always that somebody was going to not repay his money. And his personality began to change. He had invested heavily in the stock market, and he won. And he was winning, and he was just doing absolutely phenomenal in the stock market. As a matter of fact, just before he died, I was with him. 
and he was in his home, and he was just a few days away from death, and a call came while I was there, and it was from a stockbroker, and the stockbroker told him that one of his stocks had just split or quadrupled or something like that, and it didn't do him a bit of good because his concern was always that the stock market would crash. The very thing that God blessed him with became a hindrance to him because of him, because of anxiety and worry. I'm telling you that if you're here today and you have entertained, there's a difference between feeling worry and feeling anxiety. I felt anxiety. I felt worry. I felt all of those things last Sunday. No question about it. And, 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 but, but you don't accept it to meditate it. I refuse to meditate on being worried. I refuse to meditate anxious thoughts because they are contrary to the will of God. They will change my personality. They will change my makeup. They will change what God has called me to be, and they will affect my health, and they will actually suppress my immune system and torment my mind. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't worry and don't be anxious. But you know you're in trouble when you're around somebody and you tell them, and I've had this happen with people, when they're just, I can just, I got a word from the Lord for them. It's like, you're worried, you're locked up, you're anxious, and you share that with them. It's like, but you don't understand. Folks, understanding has nothing to do with it. As a matter of fact, the, world's, the Word of God says, don't lean to your understanding. But in all of your ways, acknowledge me. And that it isn't that worry and anxiety aren't out there. They're knocking at your door right now. How, can I see the hands of all the people? You've had some worried, anxious thoughts the last couple of months. Can I see all of your hands knocking at your door? What does it want you to do? It wants you to keep thinking that thought. If you keep thinking that thought, you have shot yourself in the foot. But if you get rid of that thought, this is the key. How do you get rid of it? I'll just paraphrase a couple of things for you here, and then we're going to get into the really nitty-gritty of what you do to make sure that you never entertain the thoughts. In, in the book of Luke, chapter 10, Jesus is coming into the area, and he's going to be spending some time with Mary and Martha. Now, this is a cute little story, but I'm telling you, this scenario can become very, very dangerous. He's coming in to a home owned by Mary and Martha. They're sisters. And, and he comes in, and he sits down, and, and they're, they're all friends. And he's, he's sitting down in the home. And it's in, it starts out in Luke chapter 10, if you want to turn there. And uh, we'll be sharing there just for a few moments. But, but what happens is, is, is Jesus is, is coming in and sitting down with the girls. And, and I'm going to paraphrase all of this, but he's sitting down with the girls, and, and they're both sitting at the feet of Jesus. Now, many of you have heard this story before uh, as he came into their village, and uh, he, he's sitting there. Mary and Martha are sitting at the feet of Jesus. And he's teaching, he's sharing, we don't know exactly what he's doing, but the Son of God is in the house. Everybody say, the Son of God's in the house. Where's the Son of God right now? Positionally, he's seated at the right hand of the Father. But spiritually, where is the Son of God right now? He's in us. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus lives within us. He is in our house, our tent. 
and he is talking to us continually. And he's sharing what the Father wants us to know. And so Mary and Martha are sitting there listening to Jesus. How many of you, let me see your hands. How many of you have ever just had an absolutely awesome day going on for you? And then in a moment, it changed. Can I see your hands? It's like, what happened? I can relate to last Sunday. What is going on? Actually, I had this thought. Patricia and Wanda are out of here right now, but it was, what in the blank is going on? Uh, and, and, and I would never say that word because I know you're not supposed to cuss in school, in church. But, but, but you've heard people say, what in the H is going on before? I've had that go through my mind sometime. What in the H is going on here? But then you just don't want to say it before a bunch of people. But that was going through my mind. What is going on here? So Patricia and Wanda, last Wednesday night, heard I was coming to church. They found a little plaque. It's in my office right now. I love God, but I cuss sometimes. (laughs) I told Pam, I said, I don't know whether to take that as a compliment or or not, but, but it's cute and their heart was right. But what we've got to do is come to grips with what am I going to do about what just happened? Am I going to be worried and fretful and anxious? Or am I going to go to the Word of God? Well, here's Jesus with the girls. And all of a sudden, in a moment's notice, everybody say a moment. Things can change in a moment. In a moment's notice, Mary and Martha are sitting there listening to Jesus. He's probably saying, girls, God's got great plans for you. You're going to make it. You're going to have divine health. You're going to have prosperity. Everything is going to really be great. There's a wonderful plan for your life. And, and here's Martha. All of a sudden, she says, hold that thought, Jesus. I've got to wash the dishes. Glory to God. Nobody in their right mind would do that. How many of you in your right mind entertained a thought while you're listening to the things of God that you shouldn't entertain, and all of a sudden it pulls you out of the mood of where you were spiritually. You know what I'm talking about. This is exactly what happened. <clears throat> she took this thought, well, I need to get, get involved in serving. So she got up. She stopped sitting at the feet of Jesus, but Mary was focused on Jesus. That's exactly where each one of us should be, focused like a laser on Jesus. Mary wouldn't budge. Martha is doing her thing. How many of you know people that if you are walking in the fullness of your power, your authority, and your dominion, you're refusing anything this world has to offer. You refuse to be negative. You, don't, you refuse to do anything but live the word of God. How many of you realize that some people, you seem to drive up a wall and they get upset with you? Can I see your hands? Have any of you have ever experienced that? I've experienced that myself. People just... Don't you understand how bad it is? Don't you understand how good it is? You can look at it as a pessimist, or you can look at it as an optimist. But more importantly, you can look at it with negativity, or you can look at it with faith. I believe God is going to take care of tomorrow. Why would I ever, this is Matthew 6, why would I ever worry about tomorrow? I'm going to live today. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Everybody say that. Tomorrow, Tomorrow. take care of itself. Now, how many of you believe, let me, uh, let me see your hands. How many of you believe that through Christ, tomorrow will take care of itself? Can I see your hands real high up there? Okay, everybody look around. Everybody look around. Okay, okay, we are all together. Take your hands down, glory to God. Now, let me see the hands 
of all the people that from time to time you worry about tomorrow. May I see your hands? Looks like about the same number of hands. Let's all say it. Not too smart. The Word of God says that we are to live the Word of God, not just to know the Word of God. It's one thing to know the Word of God. It's another thing to live the Word of God. So Martha has got her, uh, she's getting agitated. Her washing machine is going. She is getting agitated, and she comes to Jesus, and she says, Jesus, don't you care that Mary is sitting here, and I am left with all of the work and all of the serving. And what does Jesus do? He said, oh, yes, you're absolutely right. She should be up there serving too. Excuse me for telling me what God had to say here. Let me stop in mid-sentence so the dishes can get washed. I don't think that's what he said. I think what he said is, Mary, excuse me, Martha, you are worried and anxious. It says in some of your versions, troubled. Same word. You are worried and anxious about, he didn't just say a thing. He said you are worried and anxious about what? Many things. Worry and anxiety is a slippery slope to many things. And I have found this. How many of you remember the old game, not games, you had them for children? It, it's, uh, gosh, this would be a great illustrated sermon. They're, they're uh, little things that pop up, one, two, three, four, and then they get a hammer. And you hit one of them and one pops up over here. You know what I'm talking about. And then you come over here and you hit one. You see, you got this person who's, who's basically worried and anxious. And you say, no, no, that, that's not the way you need to be. Just speak the word of God. You're going to be Okay, okay. And then over here, but what about this over here? And then you pop it down, and what about this over here? And they're on that slippery slope because they've been accustomed to worry. They've been accustomed to anxiety. They've entertained it for so long that without it, they don't think they're doing anything. And what's happening is they're getting further and further and further away from the things of God. And the further away from the things of God you get, the more, it, the more fear and torment comes into your life. I love my mom and I love my dad. They're both in heaven. Toward the end of my mom's life, she became so worried and so anxious. Didn't stop me from loving her, but it was as if I had lost the mom I knew as a younger person. Worried and anxious about everything. I love my mom, but worried and anxious about everything. My dad, bless his little old heart, he would do anything I told him right up until the end. I, I mean, he would, he would start to get a little worried or concerned about something. I said, Dad, you need to think about this word and say it over and over again. He would just say it over and over and over again. Now, he wanted to call me every moment of every day, and I understand that, and tell me what was happening. But he was so compliant and so easy to work with to speak the word of God. Folks, we've got to be the messengers for God to share that with people whether they want to receive it or whether they don't want to receive it. And so here's Jesus saying, Mary, you're you're worried and you're distracted about many things. It says you're worried and troubled about many things, worried and anxious, but one thing is needed. Everybody say one thing. Turn to your neighbor and say, I can remember one thing. But only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. Now, how do we actually live this message and, 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 and have it 
appropriated in our life. We can talk about the scripture. First Peter 5, 7 says, cast every care upon the Lord. Care means, to, the care, care is the same root word of anxiety. Care is the same root word of, of uh, uh, distraction. It, it's, it, it is a distraction. So it says, get every distraction in your life, get rid of it and throw it on the, on, on the Lord. Give it to the Lord. Now, how do we do this? Isaiah 26, 3 says, those that focus upon the Lord, that they will be at perfect peace. You'll have perfect peace if your focus is upon the Lord. So therefore, we have to start with our focus. What am I focused on? Am I focused upon healing? Am I focused upon a sound mind? Am I focused upon the things of God? Or am I focused upon those things that I shouldn't be focused upon? Whatever you focus upon, you will attract. I'm going to say that again. Whatever you focus upon, you will attract. If you're focused upon the things of God, you attract the things of God. You focus upon fear and doubt and unbelief and anxiety, you foc- that thing comes into your life, and God doesn't want you to have it. Now, let's go to the book of Philippians, chapter 4, because this will show you, if you will allow yourself to be used by God, this will change your life forever, or if you're already there, it will protect you for the rest of your life. This will change your life. Pam's dad, when he first heard this scripture, whether he first heard it or not, I don't know, but in this church, he said, this has changed my life, and the whole world needs to live like this. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and will guard your mind through Christ Jesus. And then it says, finally, brethren, this is how you should think. Everybody say, this is how I should think. Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, meditate on these things, the things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the peace of God will be with you. Now, you will never not have the peace of God in your life when you're focused upon God and you're doing what we just read. What are you meditating? I'm meditating that I didn't have a heart attack. I'm meditating that I'm going to live a long and healthy life. I'm meditating that everything is going to be okay. I'm meditating that my wife is okay, that I'm going to be okay, that the church is going to be okay, that everything is going to be okay, that Dan is going to be an outstanding job in the second service as I lay there in the, in the hospital room. <clears throat> This is terrible, but I got to say it. It was just so funny. I was trying to keep a sense of humor in the hospital room. And uh, how many of you realize the joy of the Lord is our strength? And so I'm laying there, and I have my pants on. And they say to me, the nurses, we have to pull your pants off. And my wife is standing there by the door. And I say, oh, only my wife, only my wife wants to pull my pants off. <laughs> So I am cracking up. All of these people are like, and then now they're cracking up, and we got joy flowing in the whole place, and my wife is standing there to make her entrance to pull my pants off. <laughs> and that is exactly what happened. 
But it's just like, what is the moment going to bring? Is it going to bring fear and doubt and unbelief? Is it going to bring anxiety? Going to bring trouble? Going to bring worry? Or is it going to bring the peace of God on the scene? What is it going to be? I have never seen anybody in my life happy and anxious at the same time. I've never seen anybody worried and troubled and happy. But I've never seen anybody ever in my life happy and worried and troubled. I've never seen anybody with the joy of the Lord manifest in their life struggling with anxiety. Always, when you're happy and you're plugged into the things of God, you're believing for the best. And then you hear the worst and say, well, I'll chalk that one off my list. You say it's 99% sure, you're not sure. And I believe that. I, really, I know some people would say that's foolishness. I believe that. Somebody says to me, I'm 99% sure, you're not sure yet. But when you're 100% sure, then you're sure. I am 100% sure. God wants me to live a long and productive life. I'm 100% sure God wants me to have the mind of Christ. I'm 100% sure God wants the same thing for each and every one of you. And I am 100% sure God wants you without anxiety, without fear, without doubt, without unbelief, without worry, without concern. Let's stand to our feet. God can do what he wants to do. Can you say amen to that? Now, I want to leave you with three things. And if you do these three things in your life, I guarantee it will work for you. If you don't do them, then it's going to be hit and miss. I don't like hit and miss. I like to walk in the fullness of what God has for me. That's why Jesus gave his life. Number one, <clears throat> you have to have faith in God. If you don't have faith in God and say, God said it, that settles the issue. Mine, line up with what God said. Number two. You're going to have to have self-discipline. Uh, and if you don't have discipline in your life... See, a lot of times, <clears throat> there's a book out right now, and I recommend it for all of you. Now I've got the name. It's about making your bed first thing in the morning. Guys. Mm. It's written by a, a, a Navy SEAL, an admiral. Start every day making your bed. <clears throat> and how... The root of the book is this. If you don't have discipline in your life, in little things, you'll never have discipline in big things. If you don't make your bed, then how can you be disciplined? If you're not disciplined to make your bed, how can you be disciplined to change the world? How can you be disciplined to fight the devil? It starts with the little things. Number three is self-control. Now the good news is, everybody say good news. The good news is, we don't have to look for these things. We have them. But they're either, they're either active in our life or they're dormant. We have discipline through Christ who lives within us. We have a spirit of self-control through the power of the Holy Spirit that lives within us. <clears throat> so therefore, there is nothing here that we don't have. We have been given the measure of faith. We can have that measure in God and we can say, I have faith in God. That he'll take care of tomorrow. I'm not going to worry about today or tomorrow. But I know this. My God will supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. Can you say amen? Would you bow your heads with me? Father, I pray for every person here today. Lord, that this would be the day that their life would change for eternity. There isn't a single one of us here this morning who does not feel the weight of worry and anxiety from time to time that tries to suppress us, try to knock on the door of our mind and enter in. 
we have all experienced it. But there isn't a single one of us that ever needs to succumb. You know what tomorrow will bring. And you know that every situation and circumstance that we go through, you've told us in your word, you will turn it around and you will use it for good in our life. For those who love you and are called according to your purpose. And I thank you for these here today who love you and are called according to your purpose. And while we're still bowed in prayer, I want to ask you the most important question you'll ever answer. And that is, do you know that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? Have you acknowledged him as your Lord and Savior? Maybe you're here and you're like a prodigal son, a prodigal daughter. You've drifted away from God. God still loves you. God wants you to come home. And if you're here and I've described you, I want to pray for you. Let this be the day you have your assurance of eternal life through Jesus Christ. And if I've described you, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand all over this church. You say, Pastor, You've described me. Pray for me. <clears throat> I know my life is not right with God. We'll wait just a moment. Holy Spirit, you know everybody that's here. Hallelujah. Now, while we're still in prayer, before we're dismissed, I want to pray. That... For those people, and I know so many people like this, that worry and anxiety has gotten a place in their life and that they feel like it's very hard to break out of it because their mind is not settled. Their mind is so many times based on the moment of what happens, it becomes agitated. I believe that from this day forward, if you will make a decision never to allow that to happen again in your life, but to have faith in God, have discipline, and have that self-control, that you will never again entertain anxiety or worry that the power of God will work on your behalf and you will never again entertain it. Doesn't mean you won't feel it. It means you will never again entertain. If I've described you, would you lift your hand? Just say, that's me. You don't want it anymore in your life. Father, I pray for every person here. I pray that in the name of Jesus, I bind worry. I bind anxiety. I bind a troubled mind. And I pray that in the name of Jesus, from this moment forward, we refuse to entertain any thought contrary to your word. I pray that, I believe that for every person in the name of Jesus. And everybody that agreed said, now let's make this confession before we thank God for the word. Because I believe that when you're worshiping God and praising God and singing, when you feel those attacks coming against you, it just confuses and diffuses the devil. I really do believe it. So let's say this. I believe the Word of God 
And the Word of God says, no worry, no anxiety, no trouble, no doubt, but a sound mind. I have a sound mind. I have the mind of Christ. I'm going from glory to glory. God has told me I'm the head, not the tail. I have divine health. I have prosperity. I have every need made. And my God is going to take care of tomorrow. And when tomorrow comes, He'll take care of tomorrow again. Therefore, it is the sovereign will of God that I would never again worry or be anxious. You believe that's the will of God? Let me ask you this question. How many of you have children? How many of you desire for your children never to be worried or never to be anxious? That's because you're made in the image of God. But if you as a parent are worried and anxious, the odds are multiplied that your children will be worried and anxious. But if you get rid of it, they'll not have it. They will not have it. Therefore, we hold the answer for our entire family. Can you say amen? Let's give the Lord a hand. Go and be blessed.